and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho after living it up in Costa Rica. Josh, welcome back. Thank you. I mean, um, I'm a little bit up by mosquitoes and a little uh, <laughs> suntanned, even though there was no sun, but it was definitely worth worth the, worth the effort. So, um, yeah, but it's always good back to good to come back to some amazing LAFC news followed by two wins, right? I like, um, you know, we're, our service is a little bit spotty out there and, you know, obviously the, the, um, hotel had Wi-Fi, but then all of a sudden, sudden on what Saturday morning, my phone just starts blowing up and I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm like, Oh, we signed Gareth Bale to a TAM contract. And, yeah. you know, and, and to and go along and, and obviously that's just the huge news, right? Probably the biggest signing in the history of the league outside of David Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Right. Definitely. And then, and then beyond that, right. You, you go ahead and smash the Red Bull of who's who are a decent team mm-hmm. and then follow that one up with another solid victory over a good Dallas team, right. That's been that's been very good this year, right? They're what, fourth in the West um, heading into this game. So, yeah, Hard to Dallas, go wrong. It's a good time to be an LFC fan for sure. Absolutely. Dallas is a good team, and you saw it on display tonight. And I think ultimately what happens is we continue to see the LAFC over the course of a game break teams, like just break them. Um, through possession and high-paced play and frustration, right? The more the the more that LAFC defends uh, and keeps the ball out of the net, the more that these teams are going to push and throw more forward. And as soon as they do, it's like Dolo's got him in a trap, right? <laughs> and they spring the trap and it's over. He makes a couple subs. And, uh, I mean, it, tonight is a great example of, um, of the depth that LAFC have when everybody's healthy. Again, we've talked a lot about depth, and um, I don't want this to seem like we are always haranguing the front office because, for the most part, the depth is there. It's just not always healthy, right? And so tonight, for example, granted, Rodriguez is is out injured again, um, but tonight your first two subs are Apoku and Escobar, which are upgrades over Hollingshead and Moose. And you're already up two one, right? And and then that's who you're bringing on in the 65th minute or whenever it was that they that they came on. And it's like this team somehow is bringing on better attacking talent, and there are better defenders that are you know there's a better defender in Chiellini. Granted, it's not the same position, but Chiellini's going to take the the field soon. And there's a better attacker still than Gareth Bale that's on his way. Um. So I mean, this team, man, the sky, the sky's the limit, and expectations should be through the roof for LAFC based on how they've been playing since the international break. Again, we had the the weird snafu against against Seattle, but then again, going away to Seattle and drawing isn't all that bad. I think it's just it's kind of heartbreaking because Cropo makes that that really bad mistake trying to play it out of the back. Um, but the way that they've looked since the break and with all these signings coming in is like, man, 
this team should win it all. Yeah, if everybody's I mean, healthy. This uh, we had talked about this earlier today. This move definitely feels like an all-in move, right? After uh, oh, after yeah. accumulating assets, right? And it it feels to me like you we're now seeing the fruition of the the overall game plan from the front office come to life, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that. You know, when you build a team, right, often you're, you're looking for your core and then, you know, you and you have to build it in a specific way. Look at the Seattles, look at some of these teams that have had success in Major League Soccer, right? The reason why they win isn't because their DPs are the greatest DPs in the world, right? Their DPs hit, but their DPs aren't, you know, it's not like you're bringing in um, Messi, Ronaldo, or someone like that, right? You're not, yeah, you know, yeah. that means it's... You know, no one knew who Raul Ruiz Diaz was before he got to the league, right? Unless you're a Peruvian diehard. Well, I mean, it, it, I guess if you watch the World Cup, because he had a he had a big World Cup, right? And then yeah, he got true. the move. But yeah, yeah but I mean, I mean, it was a move to Major League Soccer, and it wasn't it wasn't moved to Europe. Right. Yeah. It, it was at the time. It was kind of surprising because he did have a great World Cup, and mm-hmm. then he chooses MLS, right? So yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of this weird move for him. You know, yeah. or as Jao Paulo, right? You're like. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. how many? You know, it's like it feels like it's you know a guy that we would have gotten con- confused with a bunch of the different you know Portuguese players that are coming out. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, I mean, how many second-rate Argentines are there as DPs in the league throughout mm-hmm. the league's history? Like, I mean, a ton. Even Diego Valeri, right, uh, mm-hmm. is probably is Maxi Morales, um, Sebastian Blanco, right. There's a ton of them that like aren't quite of the level. Of the other Argentine superstars, but they're good. Yeah. They're fine. And in a league like MLS, they're going to be dominant. But for like sure. you said, but, it's just like a sure bet, right? For, absolutely. But the reason why they win, right, is not because of the DP. The reason why they win is because of Jordan Morris, right? It's it's yeah. getting outsized yeah. value for for lower end contracts, right? Right. And and that is what LAFC did early on, right? Especially in 2019 seasons when you had guys that you purchase for next to nothing, right? And mm-hmm. Atuesta, um, Segura, all these guys come big, right? And, yeah. and make big impacts at lower at lower end contracts. Latif Blessing, Mark Anthony K. You Zimmerman, name Segura. Yeah. yeah. Right? You're, not, you're, you're not paying much to get those guys in there, but you're getting yeah. high level quality, you know, for for the price. Now, right, as as now your roster develops you continue to move those pieces for MLS funding money. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what you kind of see, right? It's, it's trade X for, you know, Bryce Duke for $250,000 and yeah, and trade this person for, don't you remind know, me, Josh. Well, don't remind was me. the Mark Anthony kid like 1 million in gam. Yeah. Right. And so you keep making these moves to acquire this funny money that we, no one actually knows how it gets spent or how much you actually have. But then ultimately, when it actually gets spent, right? It's spent bringing in guys with that are of that, the, of that like Jordan Morris level quality, right? Guys are going to pay at the high higher end of the of the um, you know maybe over the over the the max salary cap budget, right? So you're paying you know between one one million and one point six million to those guys, but you know for some of them like an Acosta and you know they've been around the league for a while. You use it to bring in a guy like Ilié, right? Or no, he was on free. 
Um, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're filling out the, the, the roster now with guys who have been there and done that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But for, for, again, not a lot of cost because again, you're doing it with funny money. And then you continue to do that with a Gareth Bale and you continue to do that with a cheerleading. And then you look at the roster and say, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, take it take it a step further than that too. You you're doing it with your U twenty twos. Now, a lot of we've talked a lot about the young South Americans who haven't quite come good, and I think Rodriguez and and Janela are both up there. They're not they're not giving you what you expected, but Sifu and especially Palacios right now are giving you all of that. Uh, Sifu, I thought tonight looked much improved playing next to Acosta. And with two competent forwards ahead of him, um, I mean the ball that the, and the ball that he plays in for Moose, I'm not exactly sure he's aiming for Moose. I think he's. I honestly thought he was going for Chicho in the middle, but if he's going for Moose, then it's inch perfect. Like that's the ball that we've been waiting for from him for a long time. Get on the ball, drive forward to make the defense step, and then slip it through. Right, that's what we've been screaming for from this midfield, and tonight he had it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think, you know, and a lot of the heavy lifting is done for him because you have a guy like Kellen Acosta next to him and a guy like Ilya behind him. Uh, and we just don't see that when it's him and Latif, it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, so if this is like, an indication of how it can go in the future, uh, with Acosta and Ilya and Sifu, then you're okay. Like Imagine Gareth Bale playing on that wing instead of Musovsky, and this team is unstoppable. That special, you know, and that's the thing, right? It's the when you raise the floor, right? Inevitably, for some of those guys, the ceiling becomes far more within reach. Yeah, yeah. right, right, and that's, that's a thing, great right? way of With putting the, it. Right, in the sense that. You know, we've we've looked at this team and we said, okay, this is a high floor team, right? Where it's like they can't be that bad because of the guys that they brought in. Mm-hmm. But what it's actually done, right, is now when you have a guy whose ceiling and potential is through the roof, in a Palacios, in a Cifuentes, right, that now becomes what much more, you know, that that potential, you know, again, is now e- much easier to grasp, right, because. Because the guys around you are lifting you up, right? Like how many yeah. guys have we seen flounder going to, you know, the ran, you know, some random European team that doesn't have much around them? That there's not much support there. Ricardo Pepe. Fail. Yeah, absolutely. The best example, right? Yeah. Versus versus a situation where you go in and you have guys, you know, like a Pulisic going to Dortmund, right? Where mm-hmm. you can step in and the and the pieces around you. Right, are are high level and they and and they make you better, yeah. And then you're able to, you know, eventually reach your, you know, reach maximize your potential because the guys around you are able to help you develop in that, in that specific way. I think this is what that team is is built like. And the interesting thing is when you look at, you know, like you said, to use a um, to compare it to some the way that other teams are building, are are building at this point. It's it's closer to what the Rams have done in the NFL, in the sense where it's like you you find some of those core pieces and then you go all in on big money, right? Yeah. When you have the core, that when you when the floor is intact, as opposed to 
trying to sign these big pieces and then hoping that I'll put together, right? Like that, that recipe has never gone well in any sport when you're just mm-hmm. signing names without considering the infrastructure, right? Yeah. Is the structure there to support it? Um, because, you know, again, when it's that top heavy, it just collapses. Well, and I mean, to, to be totally, to be totally fair, like it's not last year, a lot of these same places, uh, same pieces were in place. Um, and they were, and they were not good. Right. Um, but they go out and they make the right, they make the right acquisitions, right? They fix the fullback spot. And I mean, that, like they just bounced moon, right? They brought mm-hmm. him in on a big deal and then bounced him and signed Escobar and, and Hollingshead, right? They got, they dumped Marco Farfan. Um, they, they went out and got some center back depth, even though they didn't really need it. And it's not that great a depth. Um, but they they plugged some some big time uh, some big time holes that they had the goalkeeping position right um, and like you said once you have that now just like the Rams you can go out and you can be ultra aggressive and pursuing a Gareth Bale uh, to really push you over the top yeah I mean um, and the thing is bringing in mercurial superstar doesn't always work in your favor right it doesn't always fit. Yeah. But when you have a locker room that's now stabilized by a guy like a Giorgio Chiellini, mm-hmm. right? Those those mercurial players now start to fall in line. Yeah, and by- uh, yeah, and I don't think like it's not just Bale coming in on his own, right? It's I I do think there's something to be said about bringing in both Chiellini and Bale together. Also, the fact that Bale's the one that reached out, mm-hmm. like his agent's the one that called JT. And I, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure JT, you know, put in a phone call or two when he found out that there were, that there was some interest in MLS when he was talking to Miami and DC. Um, but ultimately, like once they qualified for the World Cup, is when JT gets the text message or the phone call from his from his agent saying, "Hey, let's talk about bringing Gareth in." So it's like he wants to be here, and I also think that you know bringing in Chiellini helps to solidify the idea that like we're bringing in real names here. Um, so there's no, there's no kind of like sloughing this one off for sure. And, but again, it's like one of those ones too, right? Where like when you bring in these names, there are a lot of times those guys aren't going to tolerate mediocrity. Yeah. So you have to have a guy like a Chiellini, right? That is a locker room presence. You have to have guys like an Ilié. You have to have guys that are, you know, that are, are, have been there and done that and have that respect from the rest of the guys in the room. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that when you have, you know, when Mahala makes a mistake, right? When, you know, when Chicho makes a mistake, when some of these guys, you know, these younger guys, don't quite live up to their potential, right? They're not they're not being thrown under the bus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like, the reason why Benzema can call out Vinicius, right, is because you have Modric and Cruz. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that locker room eventually takes care of itself, you know, because of the professionals that you have in it, right? But you, again, you have to have those professionals there, and I think this is that's where you see some of these moves being made over this past year. You know, again, was you know, are they are they all like is Ibiaga the best player in the field? Right, probably not. Right, like he's been serviceable, but he's not. Again, he was he. he he, you know, he was brought in at an emergency, right? To be, to be, to begin with, yeah. 
Yeah. However, what we've heard around, you know, from from various, you know, various sources around around the team is that he is a consummate professional locker room. Right? And a guy that and a guy that gets along with everyone and a guy that kind of sews it all together. Right? And like you hear it from Vince and Matt and some of those guys as well that we'll talk about some of the impact that those guys have on the locker room. You can see the respect that Ilya commands when he talks to everyone in the field. Like Carlos Bello listens to Ilya. Mm. Right. So it's interesting, right, to see this team now being able to withstand the the ups and downs of the season a little bit more because of the foundation in place. Yeah, I mean I think for that though, I'm gonna believe it when I see it, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> it it looks promising, but uh there's certain like it, at least it's a step in that direction to try and fix the the leakiness of, of LAFC. Uh, I saw somebody posted a stat that, you know, they're on their they're on their way. I think they've scored twenty four goals in the second half and only allowed three, and they have yet to be outscored in the second half, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's wild and it, it's it's a it's a drastic departure from the LAFC of yesteryear. But, Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into this game, Josh. Um, so uh, Dallas comes into town. I think they're, f- I think they're, rather high in the standings. Like if fourth, I remember correctly, before the game started, I believe fourth. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like they still are fourth. Um, so they're on twenty six points, uh, which is you know ten behind LAFC. But uh, they're they're a respectable team, plus seven goal differential. They play a great style of soccer. Like I, I like, I genuinely like watching them play. Um, I like that they do it with a bunch of young homegrown talent. Uh, I like that they, I like what they do for the U S men's national team in like continuing to churn out talent, uh, consistently. Um, and LAFC never really looked troubled by them at all. They, they get a goal fairly early. I think it's in like 23rd minute. Again, we talked about this one. Sifu gets on the ball. Uh, Musovsky makes a hard charging run around the right back. And Sifu slips it inch perfect so Musovsky can play it first time off his left. Uh, good finish from from Moose. Uh, you know, credit where it's, credit where due. Like, he's doing his job there, making a hard-charging run. Sifu happens to find him, and it's a good finish. Like, that's what you want from a forward is speeding behind the back line. Like, at, at a minimum, I should say, and good finishing. And that's what you get. Um, so, uh, away we go. And... Uh, before the end of the half, there's a ball that gets played back to Crapo, and he kind of shanks the clearance, uh, which is becoming more and more of a theme. And Sifu doesn't win the 50-50 and then concedes a foul. And Jesus Ferreira just catches him napping. I, I don't know why Crapo's off his line. I guess he's thinking it's definitely a cross. It's not going to be a shot from there, so he comes out a little bit closer to intercept the cross. And man, Jesus just sneaks it right over his fingertips and under the bar. It's a it's a great free kick, but I don't know what Max is doing on this one, Josh. I'm going to give credit to the U.S. national team's um, new set piece coach that they just hired. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's already got it fixed. Yeah, before even that, in like and, and 18 hours. Of, yeah. Speaking of FC Dallas, though, we have to, we have to also remember that. Um, we have 
LAFC have been the benefit of their of their um, their amazing academy system in the sense that we I think we got now Acosta and formerly Walker Zimmerman and, and, and Ryan Hollingshead yeah. from that yeah. team. Yeah. So you know, so we've definitely reaped the benefit of what what they do, and again, they do play. You know, it's like it doesn't always produce wins, but they play good soccer at all costs. Yeah, no, they're committed. They're committed to the beautiful game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, that's very respectable, and it's good for their players, and it's good for it's good for that franchise. Like that's that's what you should be doing, uh, and they do it well. It's not like you know, it, they, today they ran into a buzzsaw of of LAFC, um, but they are they are a good squad. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, let's go back to Max here because, again, obviously this is one that's going to cause some consternation amongst the fan base given the blunder he had in the in the Seattle game. But mm-hmm. I think in this particular situation, when you kind of watch what's going on, it feels like he's he's still trying to marshal the line and these different things and for just kind of catches him. But I don't know if it's just opportunistic on Ferrer's part. Um but for when, even when you consider this, I still feel far more comfortable with him than I did Vermeer or Tyler Miller or Romero or Cisnega at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that's a low bar. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's that's how it goes for goalkeepers, right? For sure. But I mean, uh, it's you're like going to make mistakes. You know, like when we talk, it's kind of the conversation we have sometimes talking about the quality around the rest of the team, right? It's like if they were better, if they could, if they were better than what we're currently in, if they're better than what we're seeing them at now, the likelihood is that they're not playing in LAFC, they're playing in Europe. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. It's like if Carlos Vela stayed disengaged, he would never have been in LAFC. He'd still be at Arsenal. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's just one of these different things where it's like, yeah, sometimes it's just the time at which you catch them, and and in this particular case, like I said, I think Max has been great thus far this year in terms of you know how he's handled how he handles the fan base and different things. And again, there's there's different things he's gonna still have to get used to, right? Playing from in front versus playing from behind, yeah, or playing on yeah. the front foot versus the back foot, like the, the you know like again he he's having to make some of these adjustments as well. But at the same time, I still do feel more confident, right? In him yeah, than I do in absolutely. any other people. So two things that I'll say. When I, when they first took it and it goes in, I'm thinking, oh, man, he really bit on that fake. They had a left-footed player, don't remember who it was, line up, stutter step like he was going to, to whip in a cross, uh, a left-footed cross, and then back off, and Jesus takes the shot. And I remember thinking, oh, man, they got him good with that. And it turns out, no, that's just where he was standing the entire. He didn't even. It's like he wasn't even paying attention. Like maybe, like you were saying, you're still marshaling guys around. I don't know. He, but like it was almost as if he wasn't even paying attention to the fake shot because he didn't even move. He didn't even flinch. Yeah. Uh, maybe just went full Kobe on him. I don't know. Uh, the other thing I will say is Jesus Mario. I talked about him uh, on the show when Logan was on, and you were in Costa Rica. But uh, he had a great match against Red Bulls, like a fantastic match, both one-on-one, keeping possession of the ball, distribution was pretty good. And tonight his distribution, especially in the first half, was abysmal. I mean abysmal. 
he tried so many passes, and I mean forced passes too, where he's got a fullback open or another center back open, forcing so many passes into the midfield that were straight to the feet of a Dallas midfielder. Uh, really quite frustrating to watch. Uh, and then, of course, Ibeaga is just not good with his feet either. So, you know, a little more pressure on on Max to to get everything right, and that's you know not always fair yeah. to expect if you're an MLS you goalkeeper. That? You fix that by Eddie Segura coming in in the 90th plus minute and being looking like, you know, and hopefully getting back to where, you know, getting back into fitness. Yeah, I, I was I was encouraged to see him, uh, Mamadou Fall, still not in the 18. I don't know what's going on there. Not on the injury report. Um, He's getting sold. I'm convinced. Yeah, I, pff, I'm, I don't I'm know why worried about it. I mean, somebody somebody's got to go from the center back position. Mm-hmm. And I would have hoped it was Daniel Henry because of the salary that he's on and the fact that he takes an international spot. Um, but, I mean, maybe maybe a deal has come for Mamadou Fall that they just can't pass up. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a European club that wants to shell out four or five million for him. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I mean the, kid's, the kid's been fantastic so far. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I mean, the, the 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 product is the raw product is there. It's just a question of can you can, can you be put into a situation to succeed, and then beyond that, how much of a, a sell on fee did this LAFC maintain? Because yeah, you have to, yeah. you know you have to think at this point. It's like even if you sell them for you know far more, you know between five and ten million, right? You're going to want to, you know, given what we've seen from him, you're going to want to maintain 10 to You're going to want to insure it. Yeah. Be, I mean, yeah. honestly, he could be three years from now, he could be a $30 million center back. So you definitely want to. And with um, a guy that's that comfortable with the ball at his feet. I mean, yeah. Like said, like and it's hard. that much of a goal threat on set pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's, he's the real deal for sure. Um, so moving on, we get a second goal from Chicho. Uh, this one is a pass from Carlos Vela, and this is an interesting one. We break the pressure. Diego Palacios breaks the pressure. Uh, the, the Dallas press gets a ball to Acosta, and Acosta just kind of—it's like one of those moments where you see a back pass, and you're like, "Bro, what are you doing? Like, it, you're you're in behind all the press. Palacios just found you in space. Like, don't just." Don't just dump it off. And he kind of gives like a thumbs up, like, ah, I probably should have gone forward. And 30 seconds later, he gets on the ball again, turns up field, finds Vela. Vela finds Chicho, boom, in the back of the net. Um, and a great finish from Chicho. I felt like Chicho had a fantastic game today, very active uh, in the midfield, in behind, uh, was creative, almost had, you know, almost assisted on at least two Carlos goals. Um, I thought I thought he was great, and this is a great finish. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing from the UCF, I mean, that, the dime from Carlos Vela. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that ball's on a platter. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing I will say is, like, there, it's like Vela puts him to a, himself into that position because he knows that Acosta will find him, Right. You don't yeah. often see him, you know, and that's I think where you see it starting to come together. And what it can look like is like Bell's going to continue to drop deep, right? Great. 
but you're going to need to have guys like Ilya and Acosta around him to be able to make sure that, you know, that can, that can connect that chain. That's but an I interesting think, point because in this game he did, when he was dropping in, it was much more central. And mm-hmm. when you don't have Acosta there and it's blessing instead, he drops deep, but oftentimes it's still on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd have to like actually go back and dig into heat maps. My, my guess is that this will hold true. Like, and like you're saying, he knows that he can trust Acosta and Ilya to give him the ball centrally when they're on the field together. But when it's Sifu and blessing, like they're just going to take up whatever space and Carlos is going to have to go get the ball wherever he can. Um, yeah. So that's a that's a really good point. I like that. You see it also with with Escobar on the wing, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's mm-hmm. just his comfort level in terms of, you know, like he trusts that the ball is going to be where it needs to be when it needs to, be, right? So you you know, and, and same thing with with Atuesta before, right? It's just like you as if you're Carlos Vela, you trust that, you know that, you know like especially at his age, right? Like. Why am I going to make this run if I know I'm not going to get the ball where I need to be? Yeah, that's the thing with Atuesta is he he would make the runs because Atuesta would slip him through, yeah. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's like in the buildup, he knows he'll he'll know that Chicho will make the run. He probably knows that Brian will make the run. Definitely knows Garrett Bell's going to make the run. And and will put himself in a position to to get on the end of it. And at the same time, he also has Ilya and Acosta to be able to feed him. So I think again with with Carlos often you know even something with with the superstar in general player in Major League Soccer it's it's the, having that trust with the guys around you and if you can trust them then you're willing to do it and that's the thing it's like I feel like there's he does have that trust level with those two midfielders in a way that he doesn't hasn't shown um, with yeah. Sifu and Rob Blessing. Yeah, yeah, for good reason, right? We've talked this this point to death. Um. The third goal, uh, similar to the Acosta mistake and then redemption, uh, Opoku, they like it's. I think it's a free kick, and so everybody's back, and and Palacios plays Opoku into space out on the left wing, and Opoku drives straight into Jesus Ferreira, like frustratingly so because there's no support anywhere. There's three there's three defenders back plus Ferreira in the midfield, and Opoku drives straight at him, gets dispossessed. But 25 seconds later, is on the ball and scoring an absolute banger. Um, a great finish. Nobody comes to pressure him at the top of the box, and he just uncorks one that, that kisses off the inside of the post. Uh, and it's 3-1. And, like, this is high-flying LAFC. Um, just a lot of fun to watch this game and, and this team right now. Yeah, I mean, again, when, when you have an engaged Carlos Vela, Trusting his teammates, you know, again, it it really puts it all together, right? And I think that trust is only going to continue to build when you're going to continue to bring in the quality, um, you know, of guys like Achillini and like Gareth Bale, and whoever this mystery DP might may end up being. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, and that's that's really the match again. Great game. All around the 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 weak points on the on the starting eleven, Danny Musovski ends up scoring a goal. Sebastian Ibeaga looks just as good as Jesus Murillo passing the ball today, which again low bars here, right? But um, you know it was a, it was a great game. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was Diego Palacios. 
Uh, in the same way that Ilya is such a, a rhythm setter and like so good at helping the team maintain possession, when they are in the left corner, like they're, you can trust Palacios to combine with anybody and maintain possession. Uh, I think he, again, and we, we went after him at the beginning of the season for being ineffective and, and looking lost, but he has settled in in a way that is just incredible to watch. And he is the guy back there that just unlocks the possession game for LAFC. Um, and it's like, he will pass and then move into space. And it's like, it's almost as if there's two of him out there because of, of his movement off the ball. Uh, it's just, it's so good. So, yeah. so good. I mean, he's, he's definitely continue. you know, like I said, if there's ever, if there was ever a, a guy to learn, you know, to have the needed a fullback as a coach, it was probably him. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, when you put it all together and you look at what he's been able to do, but I mean, this is, you know, this is, Palacios living up to every bit of potential that he has when he came in. Uh, yeah, and the, the thing is, the scary thing is there's still room to grow, right? He's been good in the attack. Uh, he's got a goal, and I think we decided two, three assists. But, like, there's room for him to grow in the attacking third still. But because his defense is so solidified and his possession is, is so far solidified, like, it's just now you got to add the one last piece and – he's going to be incredible. So, um, anyway, anything else, Josh, from this game before you want to get into listener questions? No, jump right into it. Hey, everybody. We had some audio issues while recording the listener questions. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and cut the, the audio here. We'll end the episode early, and I will reach out on Twitter answering as best as I remember <laughs> Uh, all the answers to your questions uh, might be cool because we'll have an, uh, we'll be able to have an ongoing conversation about it. But thank you for listening to the show tonight. You can follow us at counterpress underscore uh, me at Kirk Kinsey or Josh at LAFC Josh, and we will talk to you all this weekend after the next match. Good night.